business, marketing is a critical activity that can directly impact growth and profit. Yet with so many options available today, how can you choose the right marketing program for your business? Welcome to I Think I Need Marketing with Bonnie Taylor. If you're looking to better understand marketing, then you've stopped by the right show. Now here is your host, Bonnie Taylor. Marketing. Is there a more powerful force within the business world or one that affects more people worldwide? Hello and welcome to I Think I Need Marketing. I'm your host, Bonnie Taylor. Today's episode is all about one of my favorite topics, marketing as the driver of growth, as a leader to prosperity and profitability, and influencer of buyers everywhere. Now, it's a topic that seems like a no-brainer. Marketing, yes, brings in money. But believe it or not, it's a concept that not everybody gets, even those very high up in business, because marketing is not that approachable. It's something that people say, but they don't really understand what it means. Hence the name of this show, I Think I Need Marketing. But by the end of each episode, I would like to change that I Think I Need Marketing into I Know I Need Marketing, I Know What Tools I Need, I Know My Approach, and I Know How to Use It in My Own Business so that I can become profitable, so that I can achieve growth, and I can achieve any goals that I've set out. But before we get started, I want to make sure we're all on the same page. I run into people all the time whose definition of marketing differs from my own. And they often confuse marketing and sales. Now, I'm not saying that a business can exist without either one. A good salesperson is worth his or her weight in commissions. There is no doubt about it. But the two are not the same. I have a really easy way to define the difference between sales and marketing. Sales is a one-on-one activity. Marketing is mass communication. So in sales, there is an opportunity to change a story, to adapt to somebody's objection. If somebody says, that service isn't for me, you can immediately say, well, what about this one? Or that price is too high, well, what if I lower it, give you a discount? Or whatever it may be, there's always a chance to make a change and keep the sales momentum going, to keep them driven past whatever objection into a situation where they want to make a purchase. In marketing, it's almost anonymous. It is a, we've got a mass communication uh, going out to a targeted, it is targeted, it should be targeted, uh, buying audience, but it's not, it's a one-way street. So we are sending out that message. We are putting that content out there. Um, If it's a direct mail piece, it could be, you know, a postcard or an email. Uh, it's a website where they can read it, but they're reading it on their own. They're not talking with anybody. They're not having a conversation. And it's, or it's a sales deck even for the, for the sales team to use. It's a brand image. It is the decor when they walk into your um, retail establishment, the look, the feel, the smell, the sounds, all of that is going toward them. It's a one-way street. It's not necessarily coming back. Now, we have different techniques within marketing where we can bring them back in, that we can kind of entice them and pull them back into and kind of keep that conversation going. And so it's a little less of a one-way street. But at its heart, it is still a mass communication vehicle. And it is not something that uh, we can necessarily adapt easily unless it's in a the most sophisticated situations where you can change a like a website page or if they click here click there whatever maybe so that's something for future episodes but for today let's just do sales one-on-one marketing mass communication now if we talk about some scenarios where marketing would be used uh, the most there are several that are the most obvious um, the first obviously is a new business, brand new business out there, shiny new, we just got our uh, entity license and we are looking to get out and take on the world. So market that's where marketing would come in, create awareness and create that, that image, automatically create some sort of enticement to bring them to that business. So we would do that by one, even just in going down to the very basic, which is a, um, the company name, or go into into the brand, which of course will be a future episode. Uh, going into communication, getting the word out there, spreading the word. It could be even basics like a sign out front if it's a retail or a brick and mortar situation. Um, if it's a trade show, announcing to the world that we are here, we have our booth, we are sending out information, we're brand new, we're here. But still trying to get that communication going, trying to build that momentum, and so that's where marketing really, really helps out. Uh, what about a company that's been in business for a while and they've hit a plateau? They've they've just kind of stuck. 
in one situation, they've not made much of a profit or they, they've sat at the same profit level, um, that's a, a way marketing can come in and, and give it kind of like a, a jumpstart, kind of revitalize and, and bring in new life and start the business up again. Um, that happens more often than not, especially with companies that have been smaller businesses that have been around for a while, and they just kind of stayed where they were. They, they didn't really push marketing forward, and so they've just kind of sat there. We've you know, coasted on referrals or we've coasted on um, just being at the location, the only business in town, for instance. Um, so those are, that's where marketing can come in and just kind of put it on, uh, just kind of boom, knock it forward. Uh, last time, you know, would be a corporation. Think about adding a service or adding a product. Uh, that would be a situation where you'd want to expand into a new market, for instance. Um, I've been an international marketer, and so it's like, okay, we're going to go into a new country. Let's start with marketing. And so all the steps that we go through to get to that point, all the research, all the data, all the information that would be pulled together, that's all in part of the process. Now, the other issue with um, a corporation wouldn't necessarily be adding a service or an office. But it could be a change of brand. So if you decide to, instead of staking with the same buyer, adding a buyer or changing a buyer. So maybe the past, it's been one image. Um, maybe it's a blue collar image and want to switch to a white collar image or vice versa. Uh, so it's changing that brand. That's where marketing would come in again. And so these are all activities that fall under that marketing umbrella and actions that would fall um and to the steps that we're going to cover later on. Now, you notice that in each one of those, there's a different stage, a business stage. The startup, obviously, is brand new, and the corporation or the business has been in forever. Those are still in their their, uh, midlife cycle, uh, hopefully not toward the end of their life cycle. But the bottom line is, marketing is a part of every stage of business. It is there from the very, very, very first stage, very first beginning, all the way through to ongoing growth, ongoing expansion, changes within the business, changes within the company, and then even down to, sadly, the end of business. If something has um, not gone quite right within the company, maybe it was a change of ownership, maybe it was a uh, just poor management of some sort, uh, going out of business. So if you think of like out of business sales or out of business closures, all of these things, um, still have marketing to them. So marketing is not a situation that you can turn on and turn off, or at least I should say it shouldn't be a situation you should turn on and turn off. It is consistent throughout business. Once you open your doors to the very end of the of the business's life, marketing should be a part of it. And why is that? Well, how many companies, how many businesses out there can still be in business without buyers? It is impossible to stay in business for very long without money coming in. It has to have some sort of something coming in because there has to be something to keep the lights on, pay the staff, uh, keep moving forward, just regular activities. And so because of that, and because marketing is a driver of buyers, then the two go together. It's when companies decide to take a break and turn off marketing because times are good that they find themselves in trouble because times are never good forever. Eventually, something's going to drop. And if you haven't been pushing, pushing forward, constantly moving forward with your marketing, then you're going to find yourself without a bunch of buyers. If something drops, let's say you lose a big client uh, or a bunch of big clients or something outside changes, a new competitor moves into the marketplace and you haven't been pushing, then you're going to find yourself in a reactive situation where you're struggling to catch up to where you should have been all along. So if you take nothing else from, from this particular segment, it's that marketing is a part, a big part of business. It is that um, that power to keep your company and bring in those buyers and influence those buyers and bring them consistently back into your company. And so that's something that you have to factor in no matter what, no matter what part of your business and what stage you're in. And that's a situation I find myself presented with now and again. Uh, my consulting firm, CCS Innovations, is a marketing firm, and uh, design firm. We work with clients worldwide on various marketing projects. I'm a strategic marketer, so my purpose is to come up with ways to overcome whatever obstacles and help our, my clients achieve their goals. Every once in a while, I'll come up with, um, I'll encounter a client who will say, we're, you know, three payroll cycles away from going out of business. Can you help us? 
and it's it's difficult to stop that train when it started. It's far better to keep marketing going, keep pushing forward, and keep the image out there, keep the brand aware and um, alive within your buying audience. It's so much easier to do that than it is to stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. It is Marketing is not something that should be an add-on. It should not be something that somebody just says, oh, you know, we have extra money, let's throw it at marketing. Marketing should be budgeted in, and we will definitely cover budget down the road, Um, it should be budgeted in from the very beginning, from day one, all the way through the end of the business. So if you're not impressed with marketing yet, you don't think it's a really powerful business activity because it has the ability to bring in new buyers and keep the lights on, keep your business growing and expanding. It can tell your story and help you push your brand out to a marketplace. It can set you apart from your competitors. It can do all of these things, keep in touch with people and really help improve your overall business image. If that's not enough, Marketing has another superpower, and that's in the form of data. It can pull information from a variety of vehicles. It can take it from external uh, research on marketplace, market trends. It can give you buyer data, but it can also take internally. So if you think about how somebody would navigate through your website, um, let's say how long it takes somebody to view a product on your website and put that product into a shopping cart and then click and purchase and, and check out. It could also uh, track how people, what they, how they respond to different topics or different services. So if you do direct mail, different types of direct mail with different promotional uh, attachments, let's say it's a coupon or a code or something, and you can see what works with the buyers. You can see how they react. But it can also do things like in retail establishments, uh, check and see how long somebody sits next to or stands next to a, uh, a display. So if you have a display of new products, you can track and see how many people pass it, how many people stop and review it, and how long they spend there. And then you can see, track that from uh, down to the ch- uh, cash register. So there are a lot of different ways that marketing can help. And you can do this. It even can check in on your, your clients, you know, with like a net promoter score. How likely are you to recommend this business? These are all things that, um, that can help you better your business, better your services, and better your overall performance within the marketplace. When I started out, we didn't have as many tools at our disposal. So we had things like surveys and uh, focus groups and (laughs) straw polls and exciting things that had to be done in person with a clipboard. All these uh, activities were great and they gave it great information, but they weren't quite as special as today. Today, we really can get into the nitty gritty. And if you have the money, you can buy some really powerful data from some of the bigger corporations. But if you're on a smaller budget, you can still get a lot of information out of all of your marketing actions and activities. It's, um, it's just an era of full disclosure, practically, from buyers. They can tell you almost anything. You can get information from them. You can track them. If you have ever gone to, let's say, a shopping site online and then gone over to a social media page and found an ad for the item that you were just looking at, then you understand how much you can be tracked in your marketing activities. And so these are these are tools that are just incredibly powerful for companies and businesses. They can really use these to bolster... Uh, bolster their actions, decide where they want to go. Do you want to go into this market? Do you want to continue on with this service? Do you want to keep these products in the lineup? Do you want to change everything out? All of these actions are important to the overall process. And so uh, that's, I mean, to me, that's a huge superpower. That's an advantage. And the more data you have and the the better you're tracking it, again, part of your ongoing marketing efforts, the more that you have at your disposal, the better prepared you are to go after new buyers, to go after and combat any market changes. So if you have a new competitor move in, or let's say um, there's a change in traffic patterns, or let's say the industry changes, I've been uh, unfortunately part of some downturns. And so you can kind of see these things coming and then see if there's a way for you to survive by adapting, by moving into a new place, to to change your business model a little bit and shift into a new direction. And that's how you can keep moving forward, keep growing. These are, again, not something you can just turn off, um, 
all the time. You can't just say, oh, you know what, I'm just going to use uh, tracking data when I need it. No, you should probably be tracking overall, and then you can get a pattern. So you can see, for instance, your best so- your best selling period. So if somebody um, is looking at your products in the spring and they don't make a, won't make a purchase and let's say until the fall, then you know how to tailor your marketing to get them kind of to lure them in for that fall purchase or even make it more enticing for the summer or the spring. And so you can adjust for your buyers based off of data. If you're following it over time, then you know what's going to happen. You can predict, you can plan, you can adapt. And that's a pretty powerful tool. So in addition to knowing who who you are and telling your story, you can also know who they are and track them and adapt accordingly. Armed with this knowledge, it should be a cinch to set up a marketing program, right? It should be easy because we have their buying patterns. We have how they go through our stores and we understand that they are the ones, the conduit by which we can keep our lights on and and grow into new markets. Yes, not so fast because how do we get them to the website and how do we get them to the store in the first place? And so this is where we factor in the influential part. Uh, Marketing can be highly influential. It can drive sales. It can dictate trends. It can make um, overnight a sensation of of a new company. But the message has to be right. The timing has to be right, and the tools by which we reach these people, by which we communicate, have to be the right tools. All of this factors in before we can say, yes, it's an influencer. When we come back after the break, marketing as an influential force and how to engage your own marketing program. You're listening to I Think I Need Marketing with Bonnie Taylor. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention the show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are tuned in to I Think I Need Marketing. If you have a question or comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. That's bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Now back to I Think I Need Marketing. Welcome back to I Think I Need Marketing. I'm your host, Bonnie Taylor. And before we took the break, I talked about the ways that marketing is a superpower within business, that it is a driver of growth, it brings in new buyers. It is a source of information uh, in the form of data and tracking. And it's a major influencer. I wasn't kidding earlier when I said that marketing influences the world. This is true. If you think about where you go shopping, the clothes you wear, the food you buy, the movies you see, the people you vote for, the cars you drive, even the vacation spots, All of these things have roots within marketing. Somebody somewhere did some research, put together some kind of content, some nice photos, and said, hey, we're going to target you. And you purchased. If you think about walking through 
let's say a grocery store and the items on the shelves and you see, oh, wow, this one's up high, this one's down low, this one seems to have a great amount of shelf space, this one's pretty, pretty short. I'm going to buy this one, it seems to be more popular. Well, somebody paid for that. That's actually a purchased item space. If you think about, oh, you know what, I like that color, I bought that because of the packaging. Somebody did research and pulled that color and decided that the package is going to look just that way. If you think about the movies you've seen, well, it could be all of the promotions, all of the trailers you've seen. It could be a press release that was sent out and put into a newspaper and you read about it and said, hey, this sounds really cool. This event sounds really cool. Well, somebody sent out the press release. All of this comes back to influencing your daily life. So you made decision after decision after decision based off of some marketer's research that led to choosing marketing tools, communication vehicles, creative development, messaging, and then finally execution over a set schedule. All of these little bitty steps within marketing eventually led to your purchase. And if you think about every single purchaser out there, everybody in the world, that's a lot of stuff. If you think about all the different purchases that you make from, let's say, hiring an air conditioning repairman because you found a Google ad or buying Broadway tickets that you read about in an entertainment magazine or choosing an airline because it has a good rewards and points system. All of these purchases, all of your buying decisions have their roots in marketing. Sure, you may be thinking, well, what if somebody told me about the product? What if I just had a friend who had it and I thought that would be pretty cool? Well, how did the friend find out about it? And how did, uh, did they see it on social media, a celebrity endorsement perhaps that was paid for? Or did they read about it, see it on TV, in product placement, let's say in a movie or on a TV show? Um, did you hire a consultant because somebody else, a, a colleague from another uh, department used a consultant they found at a trade show? The point is, there are very few buying situations that weren't first the brainchild of some marketer somewhere. And each one of those activities that you thought was just completely random have been thought out, researched, and developed by some marketer somewhere. Still don't think marketing is influencing the world? Hmm. I jokingly say that marketers rule the world. I sometimes say evil marketers because we'll change things and it's not always for the good. It's just because we want to make more money for whatever company we represent. Uh, it's the it's the puzzle. The the sometimes I call it mass market manipulation because it's what we're doing. It's we're trying to change your decision and make you want to buy something. You may not even want to buy it. I mean, how many impulse purchases have you made because you saw something that was like, oh, that's great, or some pitch that, oh, I really need to have this. You thought you'd be cooler, or you thought it would help your life in some way, and it sat in a shelf or never was used. Um, I, I have uh, services that I've purchased and, and gift certificates for things that I've never used. And it's, it's sad, but it was some kind of impulse purchase I was compelled to buy because marketing pushed me. I just had to make that purchase. It pushes you too, whether you like it or not. Knowing this, the question is, how can you use this influence and this power and take it and use them, use them to accomplish whatever goals, whatever dreams you may have that marketing can help you achieve? That's what this is about. And that's what I'm going to cover next because everything starts with a plan. And I am a big, big proponent of marketing strategies. I think every business needs to have one. If you don't have one, you are just flying blind. You are walking down a path, throwing your money left and right, not knowing if it's going to work, not having a clue as to who you're hitting, and often making no money in the process. The marketing strategies that I write today differ from the ones that I wrote 20-something years ago, as largely due to technology and changes within the tools that we have available to us in marketing. For example, we didn't have websites, email, social media, definitely, definitely no social media. We had yellow page ads. We had print ads. I had local newspapers if it was a local company, national newspapers if it was a big company. We'd create radio campaigns. We'd create television advertisements. These things are still relevant. Well, maybe not the yellow pages, but the rest of it, they're still relevant in certain situations. But today we have many, many other tools. We have all of the digital uh, tools available to us. And who knows where it's going to go? 
The good news for marketers is that marketing is always changing. It's always evolving. And what we need to do is we need to constantly stay on top of what we're choosing to make sure that we are influencing our buyers. Evolution in marketing is overall a good thing. There are times when it can be bad, such as spamming with an email or uh, over texting somebody or direct mail, your inbox and your mailbox become just overwhelmed, especially around the holidays. Uh, These are things that sometimes require legislation to stop. And there are of course times when uh, technology or the latest thing is not in the best interest of the company. Maybe it's cost prohibitive or it's something that's just completely not a match with your buyers. The point being, for that influence to work and for that power of marketing to come back to your business in the form of return on investment, it is important to first do your research. And that's where that marketing strategy is really going to come into play. Now, in future episodes, I will dive deeply into each one of the marketing tools and into the marketing strategies, many components, so that you can use that and build out your own marketing program if you're working from scratch or to correct anything that's out in place now. But today we're high level and we are working on an overview and going through the checklist to get that power of marketing working to influence your own buyers. Now, ideally, I've already worked on a strategy before any kind of marketing challenges come forward, before somebody says we need marketing to help with this project, before we have a promotion that needs to go out. All of that research has already happened. This is something that should start from day one, and then you modify and change it as your business changes, as the market changes, and as you grow out. As with anything else in marketing, your strategy can evolve, it can change and grow and adapt over time. And this is to address any business goals, any uh, achievements that you really would like to accomplish within the first year, within the fifth year, within the 10th year, and on and on and on as you build out your business, as you bring in more business and grow out. Within your strategy, you should address service lines, you should address product lines, you should address any kind of business marketplaces, industries, if you have different office locations or are selling within different markets. Your strategy also needs to look at your buyers. Now, this may be the most important part of your strategy because without your buyers, you're not going to stay in business. There's no point in marketing. The buyer profiling that you can do ahead of time, the research that you can do and get into the nitty gritty details. And I'm not talking about the really simple stuff. We're not talking about, hey, we're just trying to target all women or all people who live within 10 miles of this location or everybody within this industry because it's not real and there isn't a there isn't a marketing budget out there that can afford that you cannot possibly market to everybody because everyone has a different taste everybody has a different buying style even within industries you're going to have different buyer types so if you're a service trying to target all people within this industry, then you need to break it down even more. So you may go into, let's say, trying to target everybody who's of management level and above, or everybody who is on this coast versus that coast, or I'm trying to target everybody of a business that's of this size, makes this much money, has this many employees. If you are looking at products, well, not everybody is going to use your product. Even if you think of things like uh, shoes or cosmetics, there are so many different types because there are so many different types of buyers. And so you have to find out what is unique about your particular business, your products, whatever you're trying to offer, and then match that up with those buyers. Now, if you're finding that that is too broad, then you can break it down and go into very, very small groups, into very small priorities. So if you're trying to take a buyer who um, really profile it out, really think through who is this buyer? Is this person somebody who is 40 years old and above, who lives within this uh, zip code and has two kids and drives this kind of car and goes to that type of church or whatever it may be. You're really trying to break down their uh, them into really, really tangible, specific uh, demographics and, and characteristics. The purpose of this narrowing down in the marketplace, because it seems it seems illogical, why would you want to discount any buyer? There could be any buyer out there, just get as many as you want, bring as many people in, and the more the merrier, and that will have improved chances of your selling because the, it's just a matter of odds. No. The reason why we narrow down our buyer profile 
is to really influence that purchase process. For instance, men purchase very differently from women. They, men may find one characteristic of, uh, of the purchase process really, really important, whereas women are maybe looking for something that was more emotional or they're looking for uh, something that was uh, a little bit more uh, realistic in their lifestyle. Men may be looking for something that takes them to a different lifestyle, <laughs> that's something that's a little grander. If you're taking different uh, age groups, for instance, a millennial is going to purchase very differently from, let's say, a baby boomer. And if you're targeting baby boomers, then you need to understand how they purchase. Are they going to be on social media? Maybe. Are they going to want a single purchase process, click now, buy now, or would they want a little bit more involvement? Would they want a follow-up? Would they want a salesperson to contact them? Do they want something of that style? So all of these things, it's profiling, brings it down into a more influential marketing package. It gives you a chance to really, really target your marketing, which of course saves you money because you're not trying to hit everyone which means that you're going after a much smaller group, which is a little easier on your marketing team, it's much easier on your budget, and it dramatically increases your chances of finding success. So that buyer profile is so, so important to the influence process. It is so, so important to finding that return on investment. It is not something that you should cut. It is not something that you can do very, very quickly. It's something that requires time, it requires involvement. It requires effort. Now, I've been amazed over the, my entire career to find that there are a lot of companies that do not know their buyers. They'll say one thing and then find out when they look through their data that it's actually somebody completely different. They've never bothered to profile and they've kind of skirted along and plateaued. I wonder why. They could then have cut 90% of their efforts and brought it in to where they were just going after a few people and found much more success. And those people would be more likely to tell others about them because they're likely to buy. They're trying to target people who are most inclined to purchase their products or services. It really makes sense when you think about it. So if you're looking to maximize your return on investment, minimize your effort, minimize your uh, overall budget effort, and really find a better success ratio, then you're, this is what it is. It's buyer profiling. That's what it's all about. Once you have the buyers profiled, of course, then you have to look at the rest of the marketplace. And of course, part of the buyer profiling is picking that marketplace because your buyers you may find are not in the location you thought originally. You could do some research and say, oh, you know what? They're 10 miles to the right. Or they're actually, most of them we found are in the Midwest, or they're in another country completely. That's who we really should be targeting. And so that effort, that part of the strategy is really, really well worth your time. And so uh, the next stage is then to look at the competition within that specific marketplace. You'll more than likely find that you are not the only business in town. You are not the only one targeting these, these particular buyers, which is great, that's fine. Competition is healthy. Nobody should hate comp competitors. I don't hate them, I love them. They're great. And they're part of the marketplace. It is unlikely that you are gonna be able to sit in a market without competition. And that's okay. The important thing to know is where you sit within your marketplace. Is your business the top dog? Are you the one setting the trends and attracting all of the buyers and all of the media attention? Or are you the up and coming, the, the new business, the entry that has to make a name and take market share? Or, kind of sad, are you the brand everybody thinks is tired, is stale, is past its prime, needs to go away? Where you sit within the market will influence your marketing program and your approach to your buyers. For instance, if you have that tired, that stale brand, it may be time for a brand refresh. It may be time to reinvigorate what you have in place to catch those buyers. Or if you're new, you have to do something dramatic to grab their attention. More to come on the power and influence of marketing and how to use it in your own marketing program when we return after this break. You are listening to I Think I Need Marketing with Bonnie Taylor. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm, working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention the show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are tuned in to I Think I Need Marketing. If you have a question or comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. That's bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Now back to I Think I Need Marketing. Welcome back to I Think I Need Marketing. I am your host, Bonnie Taylor. Before we took a break, we were discussing the power and influence marketing yields within the business world. And I went through a few steps on developing a marketing strategy, more specifically looking at the buyer profile. And I promised to go through my own checklist when, oh, somebody's hair is on fire and we need a project right away. Uh, This is something that I've developed over the years. Uh, I've been very, very lucky in my career. I've had the opportunity to work as both an in-house marketer, Uh, I've helped build out marketing departments, hiring uh, creatives, hiring content writers, and the rest of the team. And then I've been uh, an agency member working as a consultant with companies. Of course, I have my own consulting firm now, CCS Innovations. And what I've found is that there are always last-minute emergencies, and there are always times when people need something last minute and their hair is on fire and we have to adjust and react very, very quickly. Early in my career, I panicked a little bit more when these emergencies would arise. Today, it takes an awful lot to make me panic. And I I really, I can't even think of the last time it happened because I'm so used to it. But in the beginning, I was like a newly minted marketer, fresh from school. I had all of this academic knowledge. And I came to the new company and I was really excited because I knew everything. I was a marketer. And I said, okay, I'm going to do this and this and this and apply this program and that and everything that I learned. And then they turned to me and said, great, we need it by the end of the day. And I went, what? Panic, panic, panic. I'm like, okay. So obviously there are times when going through all of the steps, jumping through every hoop is not possible. So what can I do to address something quickly. When can I fix it and get it out there and and solve the problem? And so what I would do is I I learned because I would sit in conference rooms. I've sat in so many conference rooms over the years and something will come up, either an idea, let's say, hey, let's have a client appreciation event or we'd like to launch a new service or hey, we're going to open up a new office in a totally new country. And the president of the company, I usually report to a president or CEO, and I would would turn to me and say, Bonnie, you have this, right? (laughs) And I would look at him like, sure. Especially if I was an in-house marketer, there really wasn't an option. It was a yes every single time. And so I learned to develop this checklist to go, okay, what do I need from these people right now? Because I need to act quickly and I may not be able to get their attention again. And so my checklist started out with some really simple basics, and I've added on to it over years. Uh, The first thing I would always ask is, what are we trying to achieve? What's the goal? And yes, obviously the goal is, let's make as much money as we possibly can. 
Yeah, that's that's a great goal, but it's a little too broad for me to go, okay, now let's build a campaign around that. Um, sometimes it's, we're just opening a new office and we want to uh, bring on new people by X date, new clients by X date. And so it's a matter of, okay, we want this percentage of growth Let's say it's um, 20%, 50% growth over the next six months um, if it was, let's say, a service that had been in place and we want to expand it. And so I would look and really kind of dive down deeply into what is the goal? What are we trying to achieve here? Write that out. Okay, let's get down to the very, very basics of it, the nitty-gritty details, because the more, the simpler that the goal can be, the easier it is to build something around it. So I would ask questions. I would say, okay, what are we trying to, do we have um, targets? Do we have this? Do we have this? And then go through the little list and ask all those questions. And then, of course, the date was along with that. When are we trying to launch this? Do we have a deadline? Do we have some kind of end date in mind? Are we trying to achieve something? Now, if it's an event, let's say like a client appreciation event, that is really easy because we're going to host this by, let's say, February uh, 14th, and we want to have that up in place. Okay, fine, no problem. Then we can backtrack and go, okay, we have to build this, this step, this step, this step, and this step. If we don't have that in place, if we don't know a date, and if it's open-ended, say, we're opening a new, opening a new office, and we'd like to bring on uh, $20 million in revenue by the end of 18 months or 12 months, then it would become a case of asking for more details. Uh, what services are we offering there? Are we are we going to have a local sales team, for instance? Are we going to have um, any assistance from local companies? Are we members of other organizations? Do we have any kind of industry ties? What kinds of things can help us along this path that are already in place or will very soon be in place? Uh, if there aren't any, then again, no panicking here, no panicking. We are going to go to the next stage. So what is the budget? Need to know how much money I have to spend here. Do I have unlimited resources? That's only happened a few times in my life, but hey, sometimes it's you know worthwhile asking. Or if they give you a very limited budget. If they say just use something from one of the budgets that's already in place, then it's simply a matter of evaluating what the current budget has in place and seeing if there are areas that can be cut or if there was a, a padding of some sort and a little extra. I always try to add a little extra uh, just in case something comes up. Or if there's a office service product line that could handle a little bit shorter for a while. Not long term, obviously, because we never want to cannibalize from our own services or business uh, that are in place. But if there is a need, there isn't money and we have to do something right away, there's something that has to give. So that's the next step. Obviously, the ideal would be a fresh budget, completely fresh amount of money. We've got, at this point, we know what the goal is, we know what the deadline is, and we know what the budget is. And so we then, then we go into the, uh, the next stage. So if we've identified anything that we could use already, if there's something in place that could be could be used, like those memberships or organizations or local resources or anything else that's out there, uh, then that's great. We start with that and ask those people, what can you offer me? If that doesn't exist or if that's not something that's pertinent to whatever the project, the marketing project is at hand, then it's a matter of going back to that buyer profile and figuring out if there's anything that we've tried in the past that could work for them and be applied to this new this new challenge, this new marketing need. Now, really, that need is going to make the dictate everything. If it, again, is a client appreciation event, that's a little different from launching a campaign because there's a new service line or rebranding an old product because it's either something has happened with it. Let's say there's uh, a packaging issue or it was offensive or something. There's a recall because it you know, had plastic parts in it, whatever it may be. We have to figure that part out. And so then go back to the drawing board and evaluate all the tools that seem applicable to that buying audience and to that marketplace. And then see, and then go back and match that with the budget and see, hey, is this something that I can afford? And then start breaking down the ones that are the most likely to have a response and the least likely to have a response. And then try and work out that budget from there. I wish I could tell you that your marketing program will always fall within the same 
pre-planned efforts. It will all follow what you had already thought through and already researched and will make it something that you can do very, very easily at the last minute. Yeah, that's not the case. Uh, These hair on fire, last minute fire drill, world is ending projects do come up pretty frequently. And sometimes they are really outside the norm. Uh, I remember a couple of projects in particular that just, they required endurance. They required a lot of thinking and calling around the world. I think of these as creativity challenges because they require more than what has been pre-planned. It is a matter of stretching the brain and figuring out a solution and trying to solve whatever challenge it may be at hand, perhaps using tools that are completely foreign or new. I remember two such projects. They really stick in my brain because they were definitely endurance tests and a very, very short window. Uh, the first they were both related to the same project, and they were both in a Middle Eastern country that was brand new to my company. And we <laughs> we were tasked with getting some um, some marketing prints, uh, some things because they didn't want a PowerPoint presentation. They didn't want everything in slides. They wanted them printed out in oversized gold frames and strategically placed throughout the conference room. Now, I've never had to order that many oversized gold frames in my life. And I certainly never had to print out that many oversized prints to go into said gold frames just for a PowerPoint presentation that would have been so easy to put on a flash drive or even email or back in the day, a CD. So for this particular project, we had those frames, we had everything printed, we had to get the prints to this country. And then we found out a few days before this this event that we also had to create a coffee table book. And it had to be a hardcover coffee table book printed and shipped and sent to, uh, with enough copies. I think it was like 100 copies for this event. Well, this is before Snapfish, before all of those companies that make the, the nice books very, very easily. And so it, matter, it was a matter of calling around literally the world, trying to find a traditional printer who could get this job printed and shipped over to the country into their hands within a few days. And then again, we had to actually create this. It turned out to be about a 100-page coffee table book. So last minute, the budget was very limited, the time was extremely short, and the resources um, were new. It's just a matter of figuring it out. So sometimes the budget is so small, it's non-existent, in fact. And fortunately for me, that's only happened a couple of times. I was lucky enough to have had a full team in-house that could take care of things, and this was for an in-house client, so it wasn't as big a deal. But if you are a company and you don't have an in-house team and you have a last minute, you have to factor in, have to budget for external resources, for somebody to help you. And if it's last minute, be prepared that you may have to pay a last minute rush fee. So just kind of something to keep in mind when you're budgeting for these things. So after you've budgeted, after you've chosen and selected your tools and figured out your calendar because you've got a rough idea of when everything is due, then you have to rank the creativity and what you need as far as the execution and development time. The tool that's going to take the longest, whatever it is, if it's uh, it's an advertisement that has a quick deadline or if it's something that needs to be printed and has to be at the printer quickly or if you need to order Uh, let's say, gimmies for a trade show, whatever it may be, that's what you start with because that's the one that's going to take the longest shipping time and always pad in a little extra time, if you can, to make sure that it gets there on time because something always happens. I remember in particular a client, we shipped a number of, uh, it was collateral pieces for a big event and we shipped it to a hotel and the somehow the hotel delivered it to someone else, to another room and it was lost. It was an enormous resort type hotel and they couldn't find it, and it took them days to find it. So then we had to get these collateral pieces printed again and shipped a second time. We had less than 24 hours to get them there. These things happen, so you just make sure you give yourself an extra couple of days, if you can at least, to uh, make an adjustment if needed. 
Then you work through the creativity. So you've got the overall theme. If, you, if this is a campaign, for instance, then you need to come up with the overall theme and make sure that every piece follows that theme and is very much on brand with your company's brand. Uh, you, this is Even if it's a, a last-minute event, you still need to keep on brand, and you need to make sure that you are unified in your voice, in your messaging, everything that goes through to this campaign. So that's the next stage of my checklist. We've already gone through the goal. We've gone through the budget. We've gone through the deadline. We've gone through the tools chosen. And now we're into the creativity and the development and making sure that the voice that we're using is a match with those buyers. And it's also a match with your company, with that brand. And the, the brand is unified throughout all of the pieces. Now, if you want to make sure you've got some kind of tracking involved with any of this, if this is a, let's say, a campaign uh, a mail campaign, an advertising campaign, or something else where you want to get people back in to respond to you so that you can track it. You need to check and make sure that the codes that you're putting in place, let's say it's online, that they can do a checkout code, or if it's a response that has to go through customer service, that everybody else is involved, that everybody has been informed and is notified, and they know that if to ask for, do you have a code today, or have you... Did you hear about us on the I Think I Need Marketing radio show? Whatever it could be, you need to uh, make sure that everybody on the team is informed and aware of what's coming up. What I like to do is I like to create a uh, project guide. And so I can give this to everybody else and they know it's got the, the who, what, where, when, why, hows on there, the deadlines and who to contact, which would be me um, or somebody on my, on my team. Once you have all that in place, then you know that you need a certain amount of time to collect data, the response rates, to see if there's some kind of reward. Now, I'm not very big on checking leads. I prefer to look at profitability. And if something is working and it's bringing in the money, then I know that it was a fit. I'll admit, seeing my businesses grow and succeed to bring in profitability, to expand into new markets. That's one of the most satisfying things in business, and I love it. It's something that never gets old, no matter how many times I've seen it. And I wish the same for all of you. This has been I Think I Need Marketing with Bonnie Taylor, and I cannot wait for our next episode. Until then, send in your questions to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Again, bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Thank you for listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Be sure to join Bonnie Taylor for another episode next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week, think of what you could be doing differently in your marketing program. 